Om Sam Sarasvati Maha Namaste. And this evening we're going to begin the discussion of the beginners, Sri Shiva Puja. And let's start with the very beginning. Shiva we translate as the consciousness of infinite goodness. And please picture the best good that you could think of. Smile at it. It's nice. And make it bigger. It's really good. Uh, make it the goodest it can get. And make it greater and expand it still until you can't go any far and where you get to the point where you want to draw some kind of a line or a boundary or a demarcation that I have reached the limits of infinity, then no, that's where you begin the meditation on the infinite goodness. So Shri, of course, means Shanti in your mind and in your heart, the respected Puja. Pu means Punya, Ja means Jata, Pu, giving birth to the highest merit of being in love with the consciousness of infinite goodness. So we called it the worship of the Supreme Lord of infinite consciousness. And actually, uh, I, I first typed this puja in 1990. I think it goes back to the, to the 1970s uh, where we first started writing pujas. And I want to tell you a little story before we start the puja. And it's about Brahma and Vishnu and the Shiva Lingam. So one day, Brahma, the creator, was walking down a path when he met Lord Vishnu, the protector, who, uh, along the way, and not recognizing the divine Lord, he inquired, who are you? What do you mean, who am I, responded Vishnu indignantly. I am Vishnu, the sustainer of all. Who are you to be asking? And Brahma got angry and replied, I am Brahma, the creator of the universe, and you must show respect to me because I create everything that is. And quite foolishly, Brahma and Vishnu started to argue. Brahma said, unless I create, there will be nothing for you to preserve. You will have no work without me. You are totally dependent upon me. Go and join the ranks of the unemployed. Vishnu retorted, You spring from my navel, you ungrateful old man. If I cut your umbilical cord, you will be finished. <laughs> and right there where they were arguing, all of a sudden up came a sheeplingum, and just there between them, and it kept growing and growing and growing until it was out of sight. What is this? They were both surprised. Uh, it appears to be a Shiva Lingam. All right, said Vishnu. I'll tell you how we can settle this. Whoever can find the end of this Shiva Lingam first is the superior. Brahma, you go to the top and I'll go to the bottom. And the first one to reach the end will return to give the news. He will be the winner. Now, Vishnu became a boar and started down following the Shiva Lingam, burrowing down underneath the earth. He continued going down further and further and further. This Lingam doesn't have an end. 
he thought. It just keeps going and going. I'm tired and I've had enough. I'm going back. Brumwa, on the other hand, got on his swan and went up and up and up. He passed through the clouds and continued on towards the other end of infinity. As he was still going, he said in desperation, When is this going to stop? Where is the end of this Siva lingo? And just as he was getting near to what he thought must be the top, a flower fell down from Lord Shiva's head, and as the flower fell, Brahma caught it. Gotcha. Grabbed it in midair and said, Oh, little flower, from where have you come? I came from the head of Lord Shiva, replied the flower. A devotee put me there as a token of worship, and a gust of wind came and knocked me off. I came from Shiva's head. Well, said Brahma, I was just going up there to Shiva's head to get a flower, and it's so nice of you to come down here. Let me ask a little favor from you. Would you tell Vishnu that I took you off from the top of the Shiva Lingam? Well, that's not quite true, replied the little flower. Actually, I fell off from the top of the Shiva Lingam in a gust of wind. Brahma said, do you know that I am Roma, the creator of the universe? If you just do this little thing for me, I will make sure that you are honored among all flowers. He put the flower in his pocket and went back down. Hello, Vishnu, greeted Brahma. Did you find the end of the Shiva Lingam? No, I didn't. I traveled on and on, but I couldn't find the end, so I returned here. Did you find the end? Uh, Brahma said, well, yes, in fact, I did. I went right up to the top of the Shiva Lingam, where I took the darshan of the divine Lord Shiva, and then I came back down to tell you. What kind of story are you telling me? replied Vishnu in disbelief. How could you find the end of the Shiva Lingam? There was no end down below. Uh, how could you find there? How could there be an end on top? What proof do you have? And Brahma said, I thought you might not believe me, so I brought this little flower from the top of the Shiva Lingam to testify on my behalf. Ask this flower. I brought him down from Lord Shiva's head just to show to you. Vishnu looked at the flower and asked, Flower, is that correct? Did you really come from the head of Lord Shiva? Oh, yes, Vishnu, replied the little flower. I really came from the top of Lord Shiva's head. Did Brahma take you from the top of Lord Shiva's head, Vishnu? Questioned again, uh, the poor little flower began to shake. Yes, Vishnu, Brahma took me from the top of Shiva's head just to show you that he was there. 
Suddenly, the earth began to shake, the clouds broke apart, and through the four regions of heaven came the roaring sound, liar! Shiva came down and said, no one came to the top of that lingam, and nobody took the flower from off my head. Brahma, you are a liar. And this little flower is lying. It is not possible to reach to the summit of infinity without my grace. Knowledge of the self is not an attainment. It is a realization of being in the present reality. Realization comes about through intuitive awareness, not through egotistical action. If you want to earn that grace, then refine and purify your awareness through selfless actions. Perform the worship of my Shiva Lingam, the eternal symbol of consciousness of infinite goodness, and be pleased, being pleased, I will grant you that vision. There is no other way to attain that. <laughs> So now, let's begin to study what does it mean to please the eternal symbol of the consciousness of infinite goodness, Siva Puja. Let's begin with the definition of lingam, because lingam is one of those wonderful terms which is so often confused and makes all matter of consternation for so many devotees. In one sense, a lingam is a male reproductive organ. However, that is the most gross level and the gross definition. If you're in the gross world, you want to look at people's lingams, then go ahead and do what is necessary. But in the subtle world, the subtle definition is the linga sharir. The linga is the subtle body. The lingam is the subtle body, the subtle essence, that which is conceived in the mind. And in the causal body, the lingam is the symbol of the subtle body, which is the essence of the procreative forces of creation. Now, if you want to think of Tantra as uh, base sexuality and uh, enjoying yourself in the world, that's one lower definition. But if you understand Tantra to be the synthesis of all the subtle knowledge that we acquire through our searches, uh, through all the spiritual understanding that we cultivate, weaving together the warp and the woof of the many various factions of discipline. When we study Sanskrit, we'll have Vyakaran, Ucharan, Darshan Shastra, Itihas, Sahitya, Padoti, Jyotish. We have these six subjects of Sanskrit studies which we weave together with Asan, Pranayam, Mudra, Kriya, Pratyahara, Dharana, Dhyanam, Samadhi, all of these aspects of spiritual discipline are woven together and that we come to be tantric. We are weaving together, synthesizing all of various forms of knowledge into our personal sadhana. 
So let's begin with the Shiva Gayatri. Om. We meditate upon the perfect, full, complete, always continuing consciousness of infinite goodness. Contemplate he whose thousand eyes see everywhere. May that giver of bliss grant us increase. How do you meditate upon the perfect, full, complete, Ananta, Chirastai, Vyakulata, Ananya, Vishwa Chaitanya? This Chirastai, infinite, always continue, Ananta, this full, complete Purush, Tatpurushaya, Om Sada Shivaya Bidmahe, Sahasrakshaya Bidmahe, Tanno Shambo Prachodoyat. May that can always continuing, perfect, full, complete, Purn, that infinite consciousness of infinite goodness may it continually grant us increase. May we be filled with greater and greater goodness greater and greater capacity to experience that goodness. When we see through a thousand eyes, we'll see all in every direction, through every pore of our skin, every, every, uh, every part of our being as part of this, per this, this enlightened consciousness. And may we get increase in that perception. And now we're going to offer our light. My light goes to your light, and our lights become one light, and that light becomes the light of a radiant splendor, and the light of a thousand suns is nothing to compare with the light with which we worship you. The divine fire is the light. The light of wisdom is the light. The light of devotion is the light as well. The light of the highest bliss. I mean, picture that light of the highest bliss. That light is so illuminating, all you can think of Satchit Ananda. The light of the highest bliss, O oh Lord, is in the light which I offer, the light which I request you to accept with the offering of light. Om. We bow to the consciousness of infinite goodness. Take a piece of incense, Om. Spirit of the forest, from you is produced the most excellent of scents, the scent most pleasing to all the gods that scent I request you to accept. We're going to fill our eyes, our three eyes, with the light. We're going to fill our nostrils with the scent. Oh, oh we can be imagine is the fragrance of infinite bliss, the infinite consciousness, the spirit of the forest. Here we are. There's no pollution and there's no noise and there's no... All you've got is the scent of purity and clarity and pure understanding with the offering of fragrance scent. Om, we bow to the consciousness of infinite goodness. And with folded hands, we're going to worship with the Mool Mantra of all Sanatan Dharma. And that's a mouthful right there. The Mool Mantra is the basic teaching, the basic philosophy, the basic, the mantra, which is most important and most widely accepted that comes from the Vedas, that is the essence of Hindu philosophy, is Gayatri. 
And it's the Mool Mantra of the Sanatan Dharma, the eternal ideal of perfection, is represented by one statement, which says, please give us greater wisdom. In every circumstance of life, we require greater wisdom. There is no time where I don't need greater wisdom, greater humility, greater understanding. Om, the infinite beyond conception, the gross body, the subtle body, the causal body. On every level of consciousness in my manifested existence, we meditate upon that light of wisdom, which is the supreme wealth of the gods. What more would the gods want? What is their wealth? They don't believe in, in, in storing up kamini and kanchana. They want gold so that they can fulfill their desires. And they, uh, uh, they are always drinking the, uh, the elixir of, of the gods in order. They, they, they're drinking the devotion of the divine. They want the light of wisdom, which is the supreme wealth of the gods. May it grant to us increase in our meditations. As we meditate, can we let that light get brighter and brighter and brighter until all we see is light. And now we're going to offer a mantra, and all of these mantras together make a, a table of contents, an index of all the different aspects of dharma that we could study, and they point to references. With these scented flowers, oh, I bow to the Lord of wisdom, Lord of the multitudes, and I can look at the, all the stories about Ganesh. I can look about it. why is he the Ishwar of all the multitudes? Why is he the Lord of Wisdom? Why is he protector of the gate? Why is he standing at the door to protect the inner apartments of the Divine Mother? We have to go to Ganesh first. Our first, uh, 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 understand, he's the first to be worshipped. We can't worship without wisdom. We can't worship without humility. We can't worship without acknowledging that the door is protected by the Lord of wisdom, the Lord of love. With these scented flowers, oh my bow to the sun, the light of the wisdom, a light of wisdom along with the nine planets. And now I've got to put the light of wisdom, the sun, and the moon, which is the light of devotion, and then all the different planets which have their own effects and pulling on the influences of our bodies and our minds and our souls. We want to worship them all and put all the forces of heaven and earth into harmony so that we maintain the balance and we put everybody into equilibrium so that from this position of equilibrium we can exert and exhibit the wisdom and devotion that comes from being true devotees of God. With these scented flowers, oh my bow to the she, to Shiva, the consciousness of infinite goodness, along with the five primary deities, that's Shiva, Shakti, Vishnu, Ganesh, and Surya, the nine planets. So in every worship, in all pujas, we want to acknowledge that there are five branches of Hindu Dharma. Those who follow the primary deity, Shiva, that's us tonight, Shakti, that was us last week. Uh, uh, Shiva, Shakti, Vishnu, that's going to be us on Wednesday when we worship Vishnu, Krishna, Rishi, Kesha, Vasudeva, Janardana, 
All the forms of Vishnu, the Ganesh, and the nine planets and the sun. We just, we, with one flower, we acknowledge the various uh, attributes of Hindu Dharma. And the various divisions of Hindu Dharma, we're all into a unity. All are united in the worship of every deity. They are all present with these scented flowers. I bow to Shiva, Shakti, Vishnu, Ganesh, Surya, the nine planets. I want you to remember, please, doing puja is not about offering things. If you're missing any article of the puja, reach right into the garden of delight. You can pull out, here are your flowers, and here are your malas, and here are your ornaments, and here's your sari, and here's your cloth, and here's the delicious meal I just prepared. Just reach into your heart and pull out any missing ingredient. Don't hesitate at all. They're all present within. This is the garden of delight, right in the heart chakra, right in your anahat. And just reach into that love spot and pull out all your love. And here are all your articles. And if you have a lot of flowers and you don't have the other ingredients, here is your meal and here is your bath and here is your sari and give them another flower and give them another flower. With these scented flowers, oh my bow to Indra, the ruler of the pure, along with the ten protectors of the ten directions. So, you know, we have all ten directions. We have all the deities in the ten directions. We are protected. In every direction, there's a deity standing, waiting to protect us. No one has the authority to interrupt or disrupt or make any disturbance in the vibrations of our sadhana. They cannot stop our puja. We are invincible. We are protected above and below and out to the eight cardinal points of the compass with one flower or with these scented flowers as you like. With these scented flowers, I bow to Vishnu, the fish, along with the ten incarnations which he assumed. So here we are, the Dasha avatar of Vishnu. You've got uh, Machi avatar, Kurma avatar. Uh, 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 Machi is the fish, and uh, uh, Kurma is the tortoise. And then you have Narsing, who is half man, half lion. And then you have Hayagriv, Hai and then Narsing. Uh, and Varaha. Varaha. Uh, so you have matsya, I can do it in Sanskrit, I can't do it in English, it's funny. Uh, matsya, kurma, varaha, narsing, bhaman, matsya, kurma, varaha, narsing, hayagrid, narsing, bhaman, purusharam, ram, krishna, koki, dashavatam. Sorry about that. We'll translate it later. Here, let's try. You got a fish and a tortoise, and you've got a, a boar, and then you've got half man, half lion, and I uh, know half a horse, a, a, a human body with a horse's head, and then half man, half lion, a dwarf, and a, a warrior, a Purusharam, and then you've got Ram and Krishna and Kolki. Kolki is the one that just came this evening in a yellow sari with red border. With these scented flowers, oh my bow to Prajapati, to the Lord of all created beings. That's our path. 
the one who gave birth to all of us. Everyone who is living is, a, is the praja of the pati. The pati is the Lord, and the praja is the, the offspring of the Lord, and he's the Lord of all offspring, everyone born. That's us. Oh, with these scented flowers, oh, my bow to the perfect perception of consciousness, Narayan. Narayanaya. He is the ayan, the eyes of Nar, of humanity. He is the perception of the consciousness of all existence. Narayan is the name of Vishnu. Vish means the universe and Nu means who pervades. And in Vishnu who pervades the universe is known as Narayan. The eyes are the perceiving capacity of all existence or all humanity. With these scented flowers, oh my bow to all the gods. With these scented flowers, oh my bow to all the goddesses. That's all of you, wherever you may be. With these scented flowers, oh my bow to the respected guru who accepted my proposal. With these scented flowers, oh my bow to all knowers of wisdom. If Brahma, if Brahma Babanti, the knower of the supreme divinity, becomes the supreme divinity. You are the knowers of all wisdom. Even desiring to learn more of wisdom, we uh, achieve that status of being Brahman, twice born. We are born once from the womb of mother and twice from the womb of wisdom. And then we wear a sacred thread to remind us. Trigudang Devatamayam Upavitam Ayadatam Priharitam Sureshwari. Please, the nine threads, and they represent the threes, all the threes, the three gunas, the three, all the threes, Kamkala, the Auma, Emring, Kling, Creation, Preservation, Transformation, Sristi, Stiti, Loi, all the threes, Triguna. Shama Dhamma Tapaso Chang Shantir Arjavam Evacha Ganam Vijanam Astikyam Brahma Karma Swabhavajam. They have nine threads representing nine qualities which are the Swabhav. They are the Swarup. They are the intrinsic nature. They are the form of the being of the of a true knower of wisdom. They are sham, peacefulness, dhamma, generosity, tapas, purifying austerities, sochang, purity, inside and out. Sham, dhamma, tapas, sochang, shanti, patience and forgiveness in one word. Shantir arjamam, the relentless pursuit of wisdom, the relentless pursuit of self-realization. The relentless, the incessant pursuit of knowledge. Arjuna Ganam, wisdom. Beganam, the application of wisdom to life. Astik, young. Astik means the, the continual pursuit of the highest realization. Brahma, karma, svabhavajam. These are the activities which are the intrinsic nature of a Brahman. So I'm bowing with these scented flowers to all you Brahmins 
who have all nine characteristics, who wear or may not just wear it invisibly or visibly, you can wear a thread with nine threads, oh, a sacred thread with nine threads, uh, an with nine threads, which symbolize the nine qualities which are endemic. They're intrinsic to the nature of a Brahmin. Now, pour some water in your right palm and take a sip and say, Om Vishnu, Om Vishnu, Om Vishnu, and Om Consciousness, 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 the all-pervading Consciousness. You purify my lips, you purify my hands, you purify my words, you purify everything that I'm about to speak should come through pure lips. And they should all be words of purity and all be words of clarity. And now I'm going to draw a yantra. I'm going to draw just a, a bindu and a trikona, of, uh, uh, just a point, and then an equilateral triangle around it. And I'm going to put a flower there and I'm going to say, with these scented flowers, oh, ring, I bow to the primal energy situated in this lotus seat. And I put that right underneath my asana. Uh, that means my asana is sitting on a yantra. The yantra has been worshipped in the center of the yantra. Just like every other god and goddess, they all sit on yantras. Well, I do too. And now we're going to clap our hands three times and snap our fingers in the ten directions. Om Namo Shivaya. North, south, east, west, northwest, northeast, southwest, northwest, northwest, southeast, above and below. Om Namo Shivaya. Om Namo Shivaya. Om Namo Shivaya. Om Namo Shivaya. And I'm going to take a flower in my left palm. I'm going to put a couple of uh, 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 sesame seeds on it and a little bit of tulsi or a sweet basil if you don't have the tulsi. And then to put a few grains of rice and put a little bit of perfume and put a little sandal paste. And I'm going to take three drops of water and I'm going to say, Vishnu Om Tat Sat and cover it with my right hand. And I'm going to say, Om Adyajambudipe, that means the earth. America Neshe, or whatever country we happen to be in, in the state of California Pradeshe, in the city of Apanagare, in the Devi Mandir, Divine Mother Temple Mandire, and this is the month of Shravan, it is the Krishna Pakshe, the dark fortnight, it is Shashtam, it is the sixth day, Tithal, the name of the Gotra is Satyananda, and uh, it, it just happens to be my name, but it's also the name of the, the, the guru uh, of, the, uh, of uh, the King Janak. Uh, so uh, Satyananda Gotra is not only the Swami, but it actually goes back to Mithila, uh, to uh, ja Janaki's father, that Sita's dad, uh, his guru, was the Gotra of our lineage, of our family. Sri, your name, me, is performing for the satisfaction of Siva, the consciousness of infinite goodness, and I'm going to give that flower to Shiva. I'm going to perform this worship. You know, every performance of effective action begins with a definition of the goal. 
And this sankalpa is the definition of my goal. I'm taking the sankalpa and I'm going to say, here I am, God, and I am proposing to do this according to a certain vidhi, according to a certain organization, according to a certain defini definition, and I ask for you to ratify that, and I ask for you to validate it, and I ask for you to accept it, and this is my proposal, Om Tat Sat. Karmamaham Korishye. Now, I'm going to ring the bell and proclaim peace in the heavens and peace on the earth, peace upwards and permeating the atmosphere, peace upwards over on all sides and further, peace to us, peace to all vegetation, and that means all that lives, peace to all that has form, Swarupananda, the intrinsic nature of all form, peace to all causes and to all effects, peace to all existence and to all intensities of reality, including all and everything. Peace be to us. Let the earth be at peace, the atmosphere be at peace, the heavens be filled with peace, even further may peace extend. Peace to all vegetation, peace to all gods of the universe, peace to all gods within me. Peace to creative consciousness, peace be to brilliant light, peace to all, peace to everything, peace, peace, altogether peace, equally peace, by means of peace, Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha, Namaste. Let's stop right here and see if there are any questions. We've defined what we're trying to do. I'm going to worship you in order to achieve this state of peace. And my peace will be upwards over on all sides and further. Peace be to us, peace be to all, peace be to everything, peace be to more. Let everybody in the world be at peace. And that means let them all have sufficiency, let them all have satisfaction, let them all be doing, living in accordance with their dharma in such a way that their ideal of perfection does not transgress anyone else's ideal of perfection. If you're in harmony with God and you're in harmony with your community, you're in harmony with your family, you're in harmony with yourself, then what is the necessity of conflict? How can we would eliminate all conflict? All, all that is not at peace is eradicated. Ignorance is eradicated. Untruth is eradicated. All that is, is at peace altogether. Peace, peace for us. Peace, peace, peace. That's why I'm doing this puja. That's my goal. It's my son Kulp. That's the definition of my purpose. That is why I am expending this energy just to be in your peace and my peace and our peace. Now that's a peace treaty. Please. We have a question from Bill. Namaste, Bill. 
What is the most auspicious way to inform Lord Shiva of the purpose of our worship? Just what we did. We did a sankalpa, Bill. We took the sankalpa, we said, Vishnu Om Tat Sat, I am proposing that is the truth. My goal, my son Kulpa, Kulpa means idea and son means all together. All of my ideas are rolled up into one idea and I have only one idea and that is to worship you. Here I am, Bill Ananda, and I am sitting here in front of Lord Shiva contemplating the consciousness of infinite goodness and I'm going to give you flowers, I'm going to give you fruits, I'm going to give you devotion, I'm going to pay attention to you because I love you and I'm going to worship you with peace. I've just placed the all the deities around me. No inimical vibration can come into our temple. I've worshipped all the gods and all the factions and all the divisions and I've united and harmonized all the different disciplines of Hindu Dharma and now here I am going to worship you with my love, which means my undivided attention. That will be the most auspicious way that we can celebrate the expression of our sankalpa, our goal, is to live in peace inside and out. All that is, is in peace. Peace to all, peace to everything, peace be to all the gods within me. They're all in harmony. Everyone is appreciated. Everyone is recognized. Everyone is inspired. Now, experience the peace. We have a question from Vivekananda. Namaste, Vivek. I know you explained about the Shiva Lingam at the beginning of class, but the Shiva Lingam is extremely esoteric. How can we understand the Shiva Lingam better? I want it to consume all of my thoughts. Thank you. This, the lingam is a symbol. Uh, the lingam is the symbol for the subtle body of the consciousness of infinite goodness. Now, in, in the first days of worship, which was Vedic times, in Vedic times they said, God is everywhere. God is in the wind. God is in the mountain, God is in the river, God is in the tree, God is in the... everywhere. And as time went on, disciples said, I can't remember a God that's everywhere all the time. I can't think of, of the divine in everything all the time. Give me some way by which I can remember the God, at least some of the time. I look out into the infinity of objects and relationships in this world, and there's just too much. How can I say everything is God? Okay, what does that mean? What do I do? How do I relate to a God who's everywhere and everything and all the time? I can't just walk around bowing down to everything I see. Give me a specific form and a specific place and a specific time and a specific method, and then I can remember. Arishi said, well, look at that stone. 
That lingam is the symbol for the infinite God who's everywhere. That lingam is the symbol. He is the representative of the consciousness of infinite goodness. Go sit in front of that stone and become as still as the stone and you will remember the God who is everywhere. And that's just what happened. Well, they started to make a lingam. And they said, well, the lingam alone is not sufficient to explain the creation. You only have the masculine principle. Could we give you a yoni in which to, we have male and the female principles together? We have Shiva and Shakti, Purush and Prakriti, consciousness and nature. And then you have a material cause and an instrumental cause. And we've got a, a logical basis for this philosophy. Sure. Why not? So they put the lingam in the Oni. Uh, now you look at the earliest Shaila that was worshipped and they all just a stone and it doesn't have a Yoni. And later it developed the Yoni. So then you had Shiva and Shakti and Purush and Prakriti and consciousness and nature in the perfection of harmony and unity and you had a logical explanation for creation. Well, as time went on, Shiva got eyes, and then he got a nose, and then he got a mouth, and then he had five faces. <laughs> and his faces were Sadyo Jata, Bamadeva, Agora, Tatpurusha, and Ishana. He was the, the, the who gave always birth to truth. He gave birth to truth all the time. Everything he created was truth. Bhavadeva Deva is the Lord, the God of love. Agora, he was freed from fear. Tatpurushaya, Tatpurush, he was that full, complete, and perfect, infinite consciousness. Ishana, he was the Lord of all. These were the five faces, and pretty soon you had five faces on the lingam. Well, it didn't take a little bit of time, and then people said, well, my lingam is better than your lingam. My lingam is anthropomorphic. It's got, it's got the head of a woman on it. My lingam is a Devi, my deity. I made a, a Murthy, and she looks like a human lady. She is Mahalakshmi, Sarva Sadhya Mahalakshmi Triguna Parameshwari. She was first and foremost. And this, here we have from this stone, because I couldn't remember God everywhere, we evolved into various forms of worship. So now you can consider this Linga Deha the subtle symbol for infinite consciousness, which will concentrate your attention, will, which will inspire your procreative capacity so that you have capacity to create wonderful things for this creation. You are the Brahma, you are the Vishnu, you are the Shiva of this creation, constantly creating anew in many, many forms as you have creative expression. And this is how the linga evolved. We have a question from Joshua. Namaste, Joshua. 
In his Gayatri Mantra, it said he has 1,000 eyes. Is it, is it just a thousand because it's an auspicious number? I thought Indra was the thousand eyes. Indra has a thousand eyes as well. Uh, Shiva has a thousand eyes, which means really I can't count how many eyes he has. He's got eyes everywhere in every pore of his skin. He's got Sahasrakshayadivati. He's got eyes everywhere. He, he is the embodiment of consciousness he perceives through every pore of his skin. Every, every bit of him sees and perceives and is aware and there is nothing which is beyond his awareness. So he is the consciousness which sees everything. And that's what its meaning is. We have a question from Swarup Ananda. Namaste Swarup! Why is it that you recommend uh, beginner Shiva Puja for beginners rather than Ganesh Puja? The reason is because Shiva Puja, Shiva begins with Panch Akshar Mantra. It is the most primary of all the mantras used for worship. First it is Na Ma Shi Ba Ya. And these five letters correspond with all the fives and they fill up your life. It's the most primary and basic worship of all the worships to be performed. Ganesh has a little bit more sophistication to him. Even though Ganesh is the first to be worshipped in Dharma, is if you're going to learn something about worship, start with Shiva. Uh, Ganesh's mantras are a little more sophisticated and a little more involved, and they are not so simple. Shiva is, uh, well, all the deities are very easily satisfied, but Shiva is the most easily satisfied. In my olden days as a sadhu, I used to wander through the riverbanks, and uh, 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 as I wandered along the bank, some place struck me as inspiring, and I would find a stone, stand it on its head, sit down and do Shiva Puja, bow down, meditate, turn the stone over, roll it back into the river and walk on my way. Now Ganesh requires a little bit more sophistication in order to perform that worship. So you want to be, this is a wonderful place to start. Nam. I can establish Shiva's mantras in my fingers, in my heart, in my centers, in my body, all throughout my, my being, very, very easily and very rapidly, without a lot of philosophy. Namashivaya. And that's why I would worship Shiva first. That's why we start teaching Om Namah Shivaya. Yes, please. We have a question from Ramya. Namaste, Rami Mami. Is puja a path or our destination? <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> Both. The reason is that the path and the destination are defined by the same word. The destination is... The, the shlok says, Hori Amantha, Hori Kotha Amantha. So the destination is just an in more intensive understanding of the path. Because it's Anantha. It's infinite, without end. 
So there's no end to the puja. There's no destination. There's no place where you're going to arrive. You're, you're going to arrive at a realization and an understanding. And the path and the goal and the, uh, uh, the origin and the terminus are described by the same term. We're doing pu, which means punya. And ja, which means jata, puja, means giving birth to the highest merit. How high is the merit? The highest merit. Picture the highest merit that you can possibly achieve. The privilege to sit in the presence of God and then make it higher and bigger and broader and brighter and more intense. And the punya doesn't have an end. So it's both the path and the destination, Ramya. It's, it's both the, 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 the process and what we're going to achieve during the process and a greater and greater intensity of that achievement that will all be understood as we go deeper and deeper and deeper. That bhavana. That's why we say bhavayid. That bhavana that becomes the intensity of our reality. How intensely real is this to you? That's your bhava. And nobody can tell you how intensely real it is to you, but you know. <laughs> and even when you go into the deepest samadhi, you know that it gets deeper and deeper and deeper, and the limits of infinity grow and grow and grow. And there is no end because Hori Ananta, Hori Kotha Ananta. God is infinite and the stories of God are infinite. The experiences of God are infinite. So how can you say it's limited? Where, when do you reach the destination? You don't. And that's why it's such a fun journey. That's why it's so worthwhile because there is no limit to how far you can go. We have a question from Vish. Namaste, Vish. Namaste. The Shiva Gayatri says that we med meditate upon the Sadala Shiva, the always continuing aspect of Shiva. Can you please explain this Sadala Shiva? Sadala Shiva is like Sadyojata. Sadala Shiva is a, he who is the, the consciousness of infinite goodness which is always continuing it doesn't change it, it's always present he is the witness the consciousness of all existence so he doesn't change he is always there no matter when you come you come day or night and he's sitting there just smiling and blessing you you come and look at this Shiva Lingam no matter what time of the day or what time of the night you come that Shiva Lingam is just radiating the bliss of consciousness uh, he doesn't change his attitude like some of my friends. We have a question from Nanda. Namaste, Nandama. Dear Swami, we take sankalpas for puja and for projects. Would you advise us to take sankalpas for each mundane activity, like speaking with others, watching TV, browsing the net, etc.? Should every moment of our life somehow be part of a sankalpa and therefore deliberate? Well, now that when you do take sankalpas for every moment of your life, you'll find out how much stupid stuff you can avoid. Because <laughs> I'm afraid to put that into my sankalpa. But certainly, when you stand over the kitchen sink and start to wash the first dish, you have an implied sankalpa that I'm going to stay there until the last dish is clean. 
When you start to drive your car to work, you after you've driven one block, you have an implied sankalpa that I'm going to go the whole distance. I'm not going to stop along the way and decide not to go to work. There are many functions that we do in our lives that we have a sankalpa and we know the sankalpa. We don't even be begin to recite the sankalpa because it's intrinsic to our being. It's habitual. We know that we're going to do it. I know that when I get up in the morning I'm going to take a shower and sit down in meditation. Do I need a sankalpa to brush my teeth? I did when I was just learning to brush my teeth. <laughs> my mom used to come in and say, did you do your sankalpa? <laughs> did you? Uh, is it done yet? But over time it became the most natural rhythm of my life. So I didn't have to take the sankalpa anymore. That became instinctive behavior. It became a habit. Now you'll take sankalpas until they become a habit. My sankalpa feels good. Sankalpa feels good. <laughs> it feels so good when you reach your goal. It feels so good when you're pursuing your goal, when you know you're taking effective action in the pursuit of a goal that you defined as worry or worthy for you to pursue, and there you are pursuing it, it feels good, and when you get there, it feels good. And then, after a little rest, you start thinking about the next goal. We have a question from Kaushiki. Namaste, Kaushiki Ma! Wouldn't the best symbol for Shiva be a natural stone, one that is not formed by a human, since this is a symbol that is not any specific symbol? Uh, over time, Goshiki, in the first instances, you look at the earliest uh, lingas or, or shailas that were worshipped and they were not carved and they were not perfectly smooth, and they were uh, irregular shapes. For example, in the cave at Kamakya Mandir, the, the Kamakya Devi was worshipped as a shaila, which means a stone that was proju projecting from a stone, and there, and there was nothing carved, and there was nothing smooth, and it was a, just a natural, rough, rugged stone. Uh, in uh, 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 Boishnab Devi, there's a stone uh, that was just worshipped. The Devi was worshipped as a sailor, as a stone. Uh, if you look at Kedarnath, uh, was worshipped as a stone. It was just a big protrusion that came out of the rock, and it was a stone. It wasn't carved. But as time went on, there became a number of special stones. For example, we sent to, uh, in Bihar, we got a piece of black uh, stone and we shipped it to uh, uh, Baleshwar Mandir in Orisha where it was carved into a Shiva Lingam and sent to Calcutta and that where it was put in a container and shipped to Devi Mandir in California and we got a specially carved stone where only people with the special sankalpa and the intention and the, the mantra handled that stone and carved that stone and prepared that stone and packed that stone and shipped that stone and established that stone as the murti to be worshipped in the Devi Mandir. 
but uh, there are other stones that just say uh, someone came from the Narbada River and the Narbada River has a number of stones that as they float down the river, they're pushed down the river by the force of the water, they become perfectly smooth. And those are called Narmada Lingams. That was really something. <laughs> and there are many Narmada, our, our uh, 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 Yageshwar is a Narmada Linga. Uh, and that was really something carrying him home. <laughs> uh, so, Koshiki, uh, uh, there are many different forms of lingams. You can use a perfect, uh, a, a regular stone. You can use uh, uh, whatever you understand to be the symbol of divinity to you. That is what you will use. Uh, one day we went to a, uh, a college where we were invited to a, a college uh, to give a lecture and uh, one of our friends was a professor in the college and as Ma was coming out of the classroom she saw a, a number of special landscaping stones which were placed in a special formation to uh, decorate and outline a garden and she said, oh, that's a perfect stone. Then, then, then boy was Yes, one boy was playing with the stones, yes, and... He's putting the stone here, one stone here, one stone up, one stone, you know. Incredible that he was like a magnet. This is a magnet, this stone, after that here, one stone, one stone, and up, one stone. Like a magnet. I chose I want that stone. <laughs> I made you a ling of that. I stole that. <laughs> <laughs> and you admit to that on camera? On the internet? That's okay. <laughs> We're innocent. <laughs> the statute of limitations has expired. And that's that But anyway, that stone, the boy was uh, finding the center of gravity for each of the stones and stacking them so that they perfectly balanced one upon the other. And it was really amazing. He had them four and five high, and they were very big stones. And incredible. He just had perfect balance and perfect stillness, and he could see the center of gravity, and they just lined up so one stone was facing this way and then the other stone was facing that way and they just stacked one upon the other like they were I, connected I, with magnets. I was I was looking for shivalingam all over America. You know, when American tour we did all over America. Every river we stopped and I was looking stone where I can get stone, you know, shivalingam. And I could not find any more, <laughs> you know, stone. So we came back, and the next month we the college invite us and to give a lecture. That we found stone. That was a miracle, you know. And Professor was a mother. You are blessed. You cannot take that stone. This is a government stone. <laughs> you are stone. I said, so, okay, government stone, I am still in the <laughs> And I told you know, one of devotees, he wear puppy, you know, jacket, he was a puppy jacket, go and hide the stone. <laughs> he did. He <laughs> <Okay>. did. <laughs> and that stone, it is a really miracle that we are doing every Monday 
could I talk? Sure. We are doing every Monday, 16 Monday, you know, Sankalpa. In the second month, I had a little bit my health problem. Doctors say you cannot do fasting, you know, fasting. And I was so sad. Everybody was like 56 people are chanting Om Namah Shivaya, offering the fire. Every Monday we have 100 or 56 people, every Monday. Okay, I was very sad. I was looking at Shivalinga and talking, Mother, why you did? I cannot eat, I cannot do fasting. You know, and suddenly my face was that Shivalinga. My face was that Shivalinga. And I called Durga, could you do that? But you do see Durga, so my face, they write the way she took picture. And that means she was telling you and I am not different. It was miracle, that she was a really miracle, lots of miracles did that she was. Mm -hmm. Sarvisha. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that concludes our first uh, class on the Beginner Shiva Puja. We've got many, many stories to tell about Shiva and Shiva Lingams all around the world. <laughs> and, and remember that we met so many Shiva Lingam, both of them yes. took wherever you went, we established Shiva. <laughs> all over America, we established Shiva. We did. We carried all, all over America, all over Europe, and around India. We established Shiva Lingams everywhere. And then we gave out Shiva Puja books, and we taught them how to worship. And we established house to houses. Every house should be a mandir. And every occupant of every house should be the pujari. And that was our goal from the very beginning, to teach people how they should worship in their own homes and make God come out of the temple. Every house is a temple and every occupant is the pujari. And you are all Brahmins and you are all authorized and empowered to conduct the worship yourself. We do not need a priestly caste. The priests are only valuable in so far as they teach us how to worship for ourselves. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha. Namaste. Namaste.